1: Here are some ways you could describe Fatima Abdul Wahab Muslim, Sudanese, Black,
0: Texan. I do feel like a Texan, you know, Texans are, are pretty prideful. So, yeah, I definitely feel like a Texan. But the main way to describe Fatima right now is in recovery, recovery from surgery. I've been telling my friends I can sleep on my side, so that's an improvement. Not having to sleep on my back, you know, being able to use the bathroom alone without help, being able to sit for longer periods of time. You've been really physically incapacitated. Yeah, I can't lift anything heavier than 10 pounds. It's a ruptured fallopian tube that laid Fatima
1: out. Last month, she was diagnosed with an ectopic pregnancy but only after it burst, becoming a full-fledged medical emergency. There are plenty of reasons, it might have taken a while, for Fatima to get the treatment she needed. Ectopic pregnancies can be difficult to diagnose. Fatima was often in too much pain to question her doctors at length. It's possible the healthcare facilities she was at were just swamped. Maybe her doctors wanted to make sure they weren't jumping to conclusions. But in hindsight, Fatima is left with these questions. Was her care delayed because her doctors didn't take her pain seriously? Because she was a black woman? Or maybe, just maybe, it was Texas's abortion ban that stood in her way. She wonders if her physicians were even allowed to treat her. Texas law against abortion does make exceptions for when the mother's life is in danger. But how much danger does it take to trigger medical care?
0: You know, some health care workers are worried about felony charges and fines if they put the life of their patients first. The treatment
1: options for miscarriage look very similar to what it looks like to have an abortion. And so there's a fear that this will be potentially misinterpreted by someone that doesn't have any kind of a medical background but has some degree of legal standing. Any private citizen can walk in the court and say, I think Dr. Smith performed an abortion. This is all frustrating for Fatima because she doesn't know for sure what happened to her. And her feelings about abortion are
0: a little complicated. I myself personally wouldn't get an abortion, but I don't think that women's bodies should be policed. I don't think any woman wakes up saying, Today's a good day to go get an abortion. You know, I think there's circumstances that happen that lead a woman to make that choice, and I think that that choice should be left to a woman to make. Today on the show, the insidious way
1: abortion bans are coming between women and their doctors. I'm Mary Harris. You're listening to What Next. Stick around. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You just got married, right? I did. I did. Can you tell me about your wedding?
0: Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, a year and a half ago. We had a very small wedding, or small in terms of a Sudanese wedding anyways. Um, What's small for a Sudanese wedding? (laughs) Around 70 people. (laughs) Um, We tend to aim in the higher hundreds, uh, so... The thing about being Sudanese is the community is very close. I think of everyone here as my family.
1: You say family is really important to you. Had you started thinking about having your own kids when you got married?
0: Oh, absolutely. My background's in education. I was a teacher for a while, and I've always loved being around kids and just the energy that kids bring, and I've, I've always thought of having my own kids one day. What's your dream about having kids? Like, What do you want to do with your kid? Um, You know, connect them to their roots, make sure they know about Sudan, uh, make sure that they, you know, get to know their families, their communities, explore, learn more about different cultures, religions, um, you know, just expose them to the world. But unfortunately, also expose them to the realities of being in this country as a person of color, you know.
1: Can you tell me about your first inkling last month that something could be wrong?
0: Yeah. I would say, you know, my my period came a few days earlier than it typically does. Um, I'm on birth control and I had been traveling for a while and I figured maybe just, you know, the time changes and just all the travel kind of threw things off. And maybe that's why it was a few days earlier. So that was a little odd to me. Um, but my cramps were really bad. Um, and I was actually telling my husband, like, Oh my god, my cramps are never this bad. And he was like, maybe we should go, you know, to the hospital, maybe you should call your doctor. And I was just like, no, it's probably fine. It's probably, you know, I'm just exhausted. That's probably all it is. Ignored it. So, when you
1: first felt uncomfortable and were bleeding, you just thought, "Oh, maybe this is just a bad period." When did you
0: think I need to get a doctor involved? Well, I live in Houston. And we were actually driving to visit my parents. And it was pretty much the night that we'd arrived. Uh, We got there like at a Friday night. And then Saturday around 1 a.m. is when I felt like this is unbearable. And that's actually what I told my husband. Like, something's wrong. We need to go to the hospital right now. I looked for an urgent care, you know, that takes my insurance. And we drove over there. And as soon as I got in, I told the guy up front, Please, you know, if there's anything you can do to get me in quickly, I feel like something's going to explode. And I held my left side and I, I felt pain, especially in that area.
1: So you show up in the middle of the night at urgent care, and how quickly do they
0: see you and, and what do they tell you? It was probably fairly quickly. When the doctor came in, they had already done a pregnancy test, a urine pregnancy test. And so he comes in and he tells me, You're pregnant. I was still standing. And I just look at my husband and we both look at the doctor and I'm like, you're kidding, right? And very like sternly, he's like, no, this is not a matter I would joke about. Of course, like, I was just shocked because I, I'm on birth control and in my mind, like I'm, I have my period. Yes, it's a possibility, but it's not, it's not the first thing that came to mind at all. Right. And you have a real period. You're having real bleeding with real cramping. Exactly, exactly. And so like, I didn't think for a split second that I was going to hear I was pregnant. So he said that. But in my mind, I'm thinking, even if I'm pregnant, like, I don't know if the pain should be this bad. So there was immediate concern. And then there was an immediate thought of, oh, my goodness, overturning of Roe V and just me being a Black woman. You know, my mom lost two friends, one prior to birth while pregnant, the other after birth. And that's just what started coming through my mind instantly. So there was excitement, but there was also this fear that what if something is wrong? Like, what's going to happen? Well, and obviously something something was wrong
1: because ideally you're not bleeding like this and in pain at the very beginning of a pregnancy. So what did the doctor say about what should happen now?
0: At that moment, he said, we get, we have to do an ultrasound and we'll get you some morphine to help with the pain and some blood work. Did the ultrasound, which was extremely painful. It was transvaginal. So they need to they need to use a
1: probe, essentially. They can't just rub something on your belly.
0: Yeah. And, and she did the topical one as well. And the doctor came in and said, we're not seeing anything. So this could be a ruptured cyst. It could be um, a viable pregnancy. It could be an ectopic pregnancy. It could be a miscarriage. And that was ultimately the takeaway of me going to the urgent care like that night. So just more questions. Exactly. Like no, no resolution to what I was feeling or what was happening. Oh, that must have felt just awful. Completely. I mean, just so much confusion, excitement, but also thinking like something's wrong. So I don't want to get my hopes up about this at all. What was your next
1: encounter with a doctor or a medical team?
0: So we got back home Saturday around five a.m. Um, and they told me you need to, you know, schedule a call with your with your OB. And I called and left them a voicemail Sunday night, thinking Monday they'll hear it, they'll call me back, and hopefully understand how urgent things are, and I'll be able to get in Monday. Monday afternoon, I get a call back saying, "Sorry, this doctor no longer able." and is no longer seeing patients who are pregnant or, or dealing with a miscarriage. We called this doctor's office. Her staff says this is a long-standing policy. She quit
1: providing obstetric care over a decade ago. But Fatima didn't know that at the time. So she started to wonder if the state's abortion ban was delaying her
0: treatment. She scrambled to find another OBGYN. I opened up my health insurance app and I started looking for doctors. I hate doing that under the best of circumstances. Exactly. Let alone being in this situation. And I searched up black OBs in the area. Why was it important for you to see a black OB? You know, women in this country, black women, die at a higher rate while pregnant than our white and Hispanic counterparts. I knew that I needed to find an OB that looked like me, and that would be an advocate for me. I did find one, and she scheduled me in for the next day Um, and was like, I can get you in Tuesday morning. Tuesday morning, Fatima goes to see this new doctor.
1: It's been four days since she first noticed symptoms on Saturday. This is now the second doctor she's seen since she started feeling pain. She gets a little more blood work and a second transvaginal ultrasound. It's inconclusive. The doctor told Fatima to go home, but find a hospital in case her symptoms got worse. And they did.
0: Thursday morning I woke up and the cramps were worse and my flow was heavier for sure than it had been the days before. Yeah, at this point you've been
1: having your period for a pretty long time. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like it's not abating, which after a week it usually is.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly.
1: Fatima went to an emergency room, but she didn't realize until she arrived that it wasn't connected to a hospital.
0: She just thought it was important to see a doctor as soon as she could. So the doctor that came in was honestly just so not compassionate at all. I felt like I was committing a crime for even coming there. I got asked questions like, which ER did you go to before? And I mentioned the name of the ER and the response was, well, why didn't you go back to them? Why did you come to this ER? It was just crazy to me that I was getting asked this question when I'm in so much pain, visibly in so much pain and could barely talk. I told him, I came here because I thought you were a hospital. I didn't realize you were a freestanding emergency room until I got here, but I was in too much pain and did not care. And he's like, oh, okay. So tell me what's going on. And I explained to him what happened. And I was just annoyed and frustrated at like getting asked all of these questions prior to being asked, how are you feeling? What are you feeling? It was more of why are you here? I don't think you go into an ER, and and it would be typical to get asked, why did not you go back to the previous one you went to?
1: That you're in an emergency. (laughs) That's why you're there. Exactly. Exactly. This ER doctor does more blood work. Another transvaginal
0: ultrasound. Fatima's third. Mm Mm-hmm. My third transvaginal ultrasound. And again, I was told they don't see anything, and that he thought I was having an incomplete miscarriage. And of course, that was the first time that I'd heard, like, this is not a viable pregnancy. That was the first time I'd heard, like, you're having a miscarriage, and it was a lot to take in. When I asked what I should do about the pain, the response was, there's really nothing we can do for you. Uh, You just need to take some acetaminophen or ibuprofen, um, and unless you're filling up a pad an hour or basically hemorrhaging, there's nothing we can do for you. Well, an incomplete miscarriage
1: does have a treatment. You could have taken a pill, gotten a minor surgery to treat an incomplete miscarriage. Would you have wanted that at that
0: time? Absolutely. Anything to relieve the pain. Was it offered to you? No, nothing. I was told, you know, take Tylenol Ibuprofen and head home.
1: Fatima wasn't home for long. It was a Thursday morning when Fatima found out she was miscarrying, five days after she first reported symptoms. Thursday evening, Fatima was at her sister's house when she started to feel worse, much worse. And the pain, it was distinctly
0: on her left side. I didn't know what to expect. I mean, I had been told that I was going through a miscarriage. So I'm thinking, why am I feeling pain specifically on my left? I went to the bathroom at some point and started passing these really big clots, I felt the cramping get really, really bad. Worse than it had been all the days prior. And then I started to feel really nauseous and dizzy. And then that was when I just screamed out to my husband, like, please come, I feel like I'm going to fall. This
1: is when Fatima passed out. Her family took her to a hospital. She talked to yet another
0: doctor. Pretty much immediately, they gave me morphine, And I asked her, you know, can I have something stronger than the morphine? And she said, if you want something stronger than morphine, then we both need to agree that this is a miscarriage. Which, you know, she thought it was a miscarriage. um, But also had just had to let me know that there is that chance that it could be viable. And if it is viable, anything stronger will harm the baby.
1: What did you decide to do?
0: I mean, I was so confused. Like, is this viable or not? You know, Uh, like... Sounds like a lot of decision-making was being pushed onto you. Exactly. And so I just said, um, it's, it's OK. I'll just take the morphine then. When did you learn that you had an ectopic pregnancy? It wasn't until I went to my OB the following day. The next
1: day was Friday, nearly a week since Fatima first experienced symptoms.
0: She'd scheduled a follow-up appointment with that new obstetrician. I went into her office And as soon as I saw her, she asked, how are you doing? And I just started crying. I said, I'm in so much pain. Please don't send me home. I know something's wrong. And she just said, "Okay, like, let me take a look. And she kind of pushed around my abdomen and said, I I think maybe you have an ectopic pregnancy. I'm not doing surgeries today. My colleague's on call. I'm going to call and get started on your paperwork. Head over to this hospital. And we left her office and drove immediately over there. Once she got to the hospital... Fatima
1: received another ultrasound, number four. This one was more conclusive. It showed she had an ectopic pregnancy. The embryo had implanted in her left fallopian tube where she was feeling all that pain and her fallopian tube
0: had burst. This can lead to life-threatening internal bleeding. And that was when I like, finally had like, okay, here's what's happening. You have a ruptured ectopic pregnancy. Immediately after the doctor told me that, she told me, you will be heading into the OR in 30 minutes. We're going to check your vitals, get some more blood. The OB is on her way. The anesthesiologist is on his way. You'll be in surgery soon. Do you have any questions? We're sorry for all the pain you went through. I just kept nodding my head because the pain was unbearable. Completely unbearable. Like, I've never felt such pain in my life. I was just like... Okay, surgery, relief.
1: From what I understand, ectopic pregnancies can be hard to diagnose and hard to see on an ultrasound. Does that make a difference in how you understand what happened
0: to you? I'm not sure, honestly. Like, I think about moments where, you know, I went to the ER and I was asked, like, why are you at the CR? Do you have an established relationship with this OB? And moments like that just really upset me and make me wonder like, would it have made a difference? I know it's no one's fault if they weren't able to see it. You know, If it's not there, it's not there. There's nothing they can do about it. But I do wonder having heard, you know, this is a miscarriage twice on Thursday in complete miscarriage and then Thursday night you know, the doctor was thinking it's a miscarriage then too. I do just then wonder, like, why wasn't I given anything else? I I felt like there was no clarity and there was just always this, well, we're not sure what's happening. And that was really frustrating and upsetting. And it just kind of made me feel like, what's happening? Why isn't anyone able to tell me what's happening? I'm at a week, nearly a week now, being in and out of healthcare offices and no one having a solid answer for me.
1: Did anyone at any point during your treatment mention Texas's abortion laws,
0: even obliquely? No, not at all. Not at all. Not a single person. In the
1: weeks since all this happened, how hard have you pressed for an explanation for what went on here? And how much have you just wanted to kind of put it behind you?
0: I just wanted to put all of it behind me. In less than a week, I found out that I was pregnant and and then had a ruptured ectopic. I'm still trying to, like, understand everything that happened.
1: When I did a little reading about ectopic pregnancies, I found that in the past, before the Supreme Court ruling, doctors seemed to worry a lot that they acted too quickly and they may have terminated viable pregnancies. And they worried about it so much that they came up with these guidelines encouraging doctors to slow down when it came to diagnosing ectopics, like do multiple ultrasounds to confirm, wait a little while. If, if there's a chance that that's what your doctors were doing here, slowing things down, hoping to preserve your pregnancy, does it make anything that happened more understandable? Does it matter?
0: Um... Yeah, you know, it does, but I think if it were my personal choice, I just would have been like, I can't move forward with this pregnancy. I would hope, you know, that it doesn't take this much pain and for a pregnancy to rupture, like the ectopic to rupture for it, you know, for me to actually get help. And because of all that pain that I went through, I'm I'm traumatized to even think about having kids. Um. It was just a lot. It was a lot.
1: Has anyone talked to you about how your experience might have impacted your fertility?
0: Um, briefly with my OB. She told me that my chances were significantly lower. I don't have my left fallopian tube. Do you want to be pregnant again? No, no, I I, I do, but like I'm scared. It, It's upsetting because I've always wanted kids. And now I'm just, every time I think about it, this is what comes to mind. It's interesting
1: talking to you because it's hard to know how the laws impacted your care. But hearing your story, it just sounds like the laws created a cloud of suspicion where any medical person you interacted with, there was already some kind of break in the trust that you had because you didn't know why they were treating you one way or another. and You were a little suspicious.
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think everyone's on edge, unsure. There's um, so much confusion. This wasn't elected, obviously, for me, but it's just criminalized to the point where I think everyone feels so on edge about it. And no one mentioned any of, you know, no one bought up with the changes. In any of my visits, I think had it been a year ago, maybe people would have been a little more or like they would have acted in a more urgent manner. I do wonder if like, you know, like how much more urgent and how sooner I maybe would have been able to get things resolved. What do you want Texas doctors to know about what you went through? That we just need acknowledgement that this is happening. I think just being more transparent as to what the process is. And what needs to happen because of these new laws, you know, like before we used to do this, now I have to do this, explaining that process a little more. If someone had acknowledged it and let me know, you know, I I would have been put at a little more ease. The pain still would have been there, but I wouldn't have felt like, what's happening? Am I not getting answers because of what's going on?
1: Thank you so much for telling me your story, Fatima, I know it couldn't have been easy to talk about it. I'm grateful.
0: Thank you so much, Mary, for, for taking the time.
1: Fatima Abdelwahab works for a children's media organization, and she lives in Houston, Texas. That's our show. What Next is produced by Elena Schwartz, Carmel Dalshad, Shad, Madeline Ducharme, and Mary Wilson. We are getting a ton of support right now from Jared Downing and Anna Rubinova. We are led by Alicia Montgomery and Joanne Levine. And I'm Mary Harris. Thanks for listening. I'm handing the reins off to What Next TVD right now. I will be back in this feed on Monday.
0: This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes